0: If you look at the story of Yaakov and Esau on the surface it looks like even though we as the audience know that Yaakov was a tzaddik and Esau was a Russia, it looks from the way that the Torah presents the story to us that Yitzchak didn't realize that. It looks like Yitzchak was taken in by Esau's duplicity and Esau managed to fool him into thinking that he was a tzaddik when he really wasn't. And he came to ask some questions about how do you make the salt and things like that. And that left Yisroch with the impression that Esau was a tzaddik. So much so that it even looks like Yisroch wanted to give Esau the brachis. He believed he deserved them all. I have a big difficulty with that. Because... Yitzchak wasn't the fool. And sometimes there are things that even we wouldn't get taken in by. We would see through the roots and realize if somebody is being honest or not. If somebody really is a man or not. If somebody really is living up to a level or not. Just as an example. Yeshiva in the afternoons. And it happens those times that a boy walks in furtively at 4 o'clock in the afternoon looking for his pair of tefillin you can still see the pajamas up under his shirt he's not wearing socks so one doesn't really have any doubt what's happened and of course if he notices uh, one of the rabbin watching him so he comes over to the rabbi and he says tell me something what time was next today does anyone really think that he's going to take anyone in and make them think he was dabbling nets when it's obvious to anybody who's watching this situation that because he's putting on before Shkir, never mind nets or when you have a, two boys who are meant to be learning with Khabrisa but they're schmoozing so loud in the best manager that disturbing everybody else Okay, so you go over to them to try and you know, steal him back to the Gemara and as soon as they see a Rebbe approaching, they go, Oh, Rebbe, what's Pshatantosis? Well, do you really think we thought you were doing Pshatantosis? You don't think that we feel knew what you were doing? And if that's the case, if it's so obvious to somebody on the outside, when a person's just trying to save face, when a person's, so to speak, putting on a false front, so with Asa, who's eating his non-kosher food, and he said, oh, the salt. Was the salt maestro? Did, did, did you really think Yitzchak didn't know the difference? And that's just on a simple level. But it's much more than that. Yitzchak was a novi, And a novi could sense if a person was, what level a person was holding by. The part says about Nevim, the they had a smell of Yerushimayim. You don't think Yitzchak could sniff out Esau and see if he was being genuine or he was being a false, just lying to him if that's the case, the question is, if we don't think Yisroch was being taken in by Esau, so what's the Torah talking about? That Yisroch loved Esau when well, he never realized Esau's duplicity? That Aesop was trying to fool him? And I think that the answer is, Yisroch did realize that. Yisroch did realize that, but nevertheless, he went along with it. He played the game as if he had been fooled. As if he didn't realize what Esau was really up to. And what was, the, what was the reason Yitzhak did that? Here is the important principle. And that is, as bad as Esau was, and as much as he was doing things he shouldn't have been doing, but there was another point that Yitzhak saw. And that is, and this is the important principle, Yitzhak saw, it's still important to Esau that I should think he's a tarek. He hasn't fallen to the level where he doesn't care that people think he's a Russian. He doesn't care what his father thinks about him. I see that at least, as bad as Esav is, there's still one saving grace, if one wants to call it that. And that is, Esav is still interested that he should be seen as a Tariq. And that was, so to speak, the hope that Yitzhak was clutching onto. And that is, if I'm going to expose Esav, then I'm to say, Esav, you can't fool me. I know what a Russian you are. What's the response going to be? Well, there's no point in trying. If it's, it's so obvious that I'm a Rasha, then I may as well just, you know, so to speak, accept the fact that people consider me a Rasha and act like a Rasha. But if there's still a hope that people, of thinks, people think of him as a Tzaddik, then maybe, maybe one day he'll come back to being a Tzaddik. That, I think, is what Yitzhak's strategy was. And he was hoping that by making of think, that Yisroch thinks of him as a tzaddik, that perhaps would eventually convince Esau, rub off on Esav, and maybe he actually tries to live up to that expectation and act like a tzaddik. I want to ask another question in the passage. It says that when Yaakov came to Esau to get the Yaakov came to Yisroch to get the brachas, the brachas which were earmarked for Esau, And Yitzhak wasn't sure who was there. So it says, He smelt the smell of Yaakov's clothing. And in Yaakov's clothing he smelt the reich of Gennetim. He smelt the smell of Gennetim. And that's why he gave Mubrachah. Now there's a Gemara in Sanhedrin in this passage. It says, don't read Be'godov that he smelt the smell of Yaakov's clothing but rather boigdov. He smelt the smell of those who were rebels. Those people in Kairi Israel who had rebelled against the system. Those people who were doing averis. Those people who were unfaithful. And if Chazal tell us a drosh and a pasuk, it has to fit into the pasuk. So what's the pasuk saying? Yitzchak smelt the smell of the boygdim of Yaakov, of the rebels of Yaakov. And they had the smell of Ghanedin. These are the Rishayim among the Jewish people. Why would the the smell that, so to speak, Yitzchak picked up from them, be something which would be like Ghanedin? And I think this is what we were talking about before. And that is, there's a principle that Yisrael, a Jew, even if he sins, he's still a Jew. And therefore, he might have fallen far, but the fact he's still a Yisrael means there's still potential for him to come back again. That's what you said by Yisrael. That's what you said by a Jew. Yitzchak originally thought that that principle applied to all his descendants. And therefore he thought that that, pot- that potential applied to Asaph too. Is not, even though ASA has sins, there's potential for him to come back. And therefore the strategy Yitzchak was relying on was helping Asaph feel that he's a tzaddik, Yitzchak thinks he's a tzaddik, might bring him back. Now that applied to Yaakov. By a Jew that's the case. And therefore when he smelt even the Begdim even the rebels of Yaakov even though who a disloyal among the Jewish people there's a potential that they'll come back. They can also get back to Ganadin. Like we're not calling Yisrael Yishlim Chelek. All of Kaisal has a Chelek in that. And they can work and the to get back that Chelek. But the Aesop the Gemara discusses in tradition. If Aesop had the din of a Yisrael, mumar of a Jew who had rebelled, or well, not, Asaph had lost that title. He was out of the picture, and that's the insight. When Asaph comes in front of Yitzchak, then he sees, he smells, he trembles tremendous, with tremendous fear. he saw Gehinom. When he saw Asaph he saw that this is somebody who's. There's no hope for. So to speak, there isn't that principle of Yisrael of Afafish Shechotu Yisrael Hu The riches of Esau was a riches which was going to remain eternally. And then he saw that the strategy he had been hoping for, we perhaps encourage Esav to do each other it wasn't going to work. Let's take it a step further. There's an interesting Gemara in Shabbos of Tarech. The Gemara is being derished different ways of putting the aliphates together. And one of the ways the Gemara wants to be derished that it puts together the letters I Pei, Pe, Zayin Tzadi, Kherskuf. And the Gemara, the Taled, Kielo records a conversation between Gehinnom and Hashem. And using the words ayin pay, the Gemara says, the Gemara says, I'm tired, so to speak, I need something to sustain me. And therefore, he's asking for is, give me reshoim. Give me to for him to consume. And Hashem's answer to him is, Zayin Sadi Cheskov, which is Zed Tzachak. And that's the Gemara's derish. I'm not going to give you from Zerah Yitzchak. They don't belong to him. Rather, who will he get? He'll give him the Ummah Sa'elah in place of that. On that, we see there's a certain level that the zera of Yitzchak doesn't deserve Gehenna. And Yitzchak thought it applied to all his zera, It applies to Esau too. And if that's the case, then, he's, then he has that hope that Esau will become a tzaddik again. And that's why he's going to treat Esau as if he's a Tzadik and hopefully that will have an effect. But we know that Ram ki be yitzchak And some of the children of Yitzchak will be considered your descendants, not all of them. And therefore, not all of Yitzchak's descendants merited that protection. And so, therefore, even the Yitzhak strategy didn't help Asaph himself. But we learned from that a principle. We learned from that a system. And that is, if we see somebody who wants us to think of them as a tariq, they're trying their best to convince us that they're good. Yes, we might be old enough and wise enough to see through that and see it's just a ruse. See, it's just, it's not true. But, one has to have the chakm to know is it clever to exp- tell the person, I know the truth. And you can't fool me. In which case, they might not try. They might give up and say, okay, so then we consider the Russia. We that's the Russia. Or well, sometimes it's more clever to go along with it. Let the person think, I think they're a Because if they still hold want to be a they still hold it as a value of being a and people should think of them as such, then that's a possible Hatzalah. Uh, that's a possible way that will eventually convince them to be a If they're part of the Zara Yaakov, then they have that principle of Yisrael, al of Shekharata Yisrael, it can still help them. And that's why, is it always is it important to know what someone's doing for sure? Is it important for, them, for us to tell them if we know what they're doing? That needs a certain shekel Adas. Sometimes it's better that they don't know that we know what they've done wrong. That way, there's two benefits. Firstly, that way we aren't forced to act. If a person knows that we are aware of what they've done wrong, and we don't act, it looks like we're accepting it. If they don't know what we know, then our lack of reaction isn't taken as acceptance. But there's a second point as well. If we don't know, then we aren't responsible, so to speak, to show them that we know the truth. We can consider them, or let them think we consider them to be taddikhi. And that maybe that will make an image which they're trying to protect and hopefully one they're trying to become. Obviously it doesn't always apply. Sometimes a person has to give to and sometimes a person has to step in to stop things getting worse. But there is an aspect that sometimes it's better to make a thing up like we don't know. I wanted a question I got from a certain yeshiva. Yeshiva decided and they tried doesn't normally work but they tried to make a curfew 11.30 at night they're locking the front door so what did the boys do being a shiva bachim the dogs locked these to jump out the window and go in and out is pleased and I was speaking to a part of the heart and they said we know know what the bachim are doing it's not like we don't we're aware that they're jumping in out the window but if they think we don't know Then we don't have to do anything about it. I said there's one thing you have to do. You have to put a mizuza on the window. If that's now become a way of getting in and out the buildings, that's like a doorway. But that's a particular situation. And this brings us to a more general rule and that is if it's important for somebody to be thought of as a tzaddik that's an amazing thing. It means that's what they want to be. And therefore, even if you're not talking about someone who's done something wrong, but we think, you know, there's a lot that they could still be doing more right. It's very easy to say, I don't think he's such a big talc. I don't think he's such a massive. I don't think he's such a Tamil khacham. It's very easy to find the negative. But in khilukh, it's not always clever. Because the more successful we're going to be at shattering somebody's illusions of being a talc, the more successful we're going to be at showing them if we don't if we don't consider them to be as big as they think they are, the more likely it is that they're not going to try. They're going to give up. And therefore, sometimes it's important to go with the person's even mistaken self-concept. Let them think of themselves as a It gives them the ambition to try to become one. Even let them think that we think that they think they're a then they have something to live up to. Are we to show them that their self-concept isn't true? Not necessarily. There will be a stage later in life maybe that this is time to learn Musa and the time to work on realising a person's true level. At certain times when a well, person thinks that there are, or the person is trying to make us think that there are, that is the matter of helping them, more, or at least making it easier for them to live up to their own expectations.